Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. My guest this week is Chris Jones, who is an award-winning writer, former competitive athlete, and he's a coach. His experiences in his youth with professional athletes shaped his interest in understanding the minds of athletes. Chris uses his imagination and suspenseful storytelling to raise awareness about generational trauma and mental health in sports. I'm excited to get his book and to read it. It's a fictional book, but it has kind of like real life stories in it. Real life stories about trauma and about what us athletes, kind of like what we deal with when we get our our minds wrapped into what we do and how it becomes who we are. Welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm an NFL veteran of eight years, and now I'm an author, leadership and personal development coach, and international speaker. In this podcast, you will learn strategies to get unstuck in life and find your influence. You will hear inspirational and value-packed stories from former and current elite-level athletes, successful entrepreneurs, and experts in the field of personal development. My mission is to help former elite-level athletes find their identity and utilize their influence to create a life of impact. Chris, my man, thank you once again for being a guest on my podcast, Shark Effect. I'm really looking forward to you know this conversation and talking a little bit more about your book and, and what you know what drove you to to write it, my man. Hey, Alex, so great to be here. Great to hear from you, my friend. And uh, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it. Let's get right into it. Whistle on. Yeah, man. So you wrote a book. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and most books that I read are um, nonfiction. And so seeing your book in, you know, the different characters in it, I want you to, can you just describe um, briefly 
what your book is all about. Sure. It's called Head Case, and this is the first in a, in a series. It's been the first one's called Shock and Denial. And this is about Dr. Andrew Beck, who's the go-to sports psychologist for troubled athletes. And there isn't a head he can't fix, except his own. And when his own inner demons and gambling addictions get the best of him, he makes a bet using insider knowledge to his, access, to his athletes that leads him down this dark path of blackmail, mysterious murder, and life or death bluffing. And his only way out is to go all in. And, you know, it really just covers some of the dark sides of sports, too. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know, with this book, did you just think of it? You seem like a creative cat. Or did you take different stories that, you know, you might have heard that that were out there and just kind of put different names or just start to kind of start to create a process? because of those stories that have happened in the past or did you just like start from scratch? It's a hundred percent from my imagination. I was a competitive athlete. I was a wrestler in college and, and then also I competed in judo after college. And, you know, my, I had a lot of issues with wrestling between injuries. I developed really a bad mental state with it. I developed eating disorders uh, and you know, I was battling the scale and not my opponent. And then I switched to martial arts and was, believe it or not, my Buddhist teacher was the one who said I should go take judo. And, and it really changed the way I approached. And I was always fascinated with failure and how elite athletes deal with failure and that process of what they went through. So I thought, okay, what happens? Like, all right, when they, when they fail, well, you know, maybe they get a sports psychologist to help them out. And like, then I thought my favorite question as a writer is what if, it's, well, what if? That sports psychologist has more issues than the players he's treating. So it's also a, a doctor heal thyself too. And hopefully it, it gives, it raises awareness towards mental health in sports, but also that even if you could, you are a psychologist, it doesn't mean that you go through life unscathed. So he's the son, he was a golf prodigy and the son of a master's champion. And his father saw this as the time that they were going to be the first father and son masters champions. But Andrew hated playing golf and his father drove him to a breaking point. And Tim, when he was the top ranked amateur, he walked away from the game and their relationship never recovered. And, and I think this is very true with a lot of uh, the expectations that parents have on their child athletes and how that happens. And, and now, even though he's really good at counseling, uh, these athletes, because he's been there, but he still has this competitive drive in him. And this thirst of a competition that he loves to win leads him to gambling. And when he's gambling and he's playing Texas Hold'em, he can use everything he knows as a psychologist to read his opponents, the tells. He wants to master the people at the table. And that's a very un his unhealthy uh sort of mindset is he just wants to, he wants to predict what cards they have and make them fold uh so he can just be the master at that and that gives him that competitive drive because even though his father taught him how to mess with people's heads at a young age and he revolted from that he still knew how to do it he still did it he still had those regrets but he still had that competitive fire that could never be quenched mm. so you know you said something interesting fascinated with failure Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, how did that 
fascinated with failure because most people they get fascinated with with success mm. but you know from my background i know when you really dig deep into failure how important it is so you don't repeat that so you know i, I want to get your take on you know talking about fascinated with failure do you have any stories lots so i think every, the nice thing about life is everything is reincarnation and you always get opportunities to redo things and I wanted that opportunity to redo my wrestling career because it was just so disappointing, filled with injuries, filled with unhealthy attitudes. Well, I never cut weight. I played, you know, I dieted and, and trained real hard for judo and I won a lot. And it was that saying, like, how can I approach this sport with a much healthier attitude? And I wasn't, I didn't have the pressure of the scale. So I could really start thinking about my, my opponents, more about my techniques, more my training. And when I lost, you know, it wasn't so devastating as I always did, as I felt that even though, you know, I really didn't do that well in wrestling, even in college. And um, I was always in good condition because that was the one thing I could control. But even that was unhealthy, where in high school, I, I was playing soccer and wrestling. And, um, and, and in, my, in our house, if you got bad grades, you had to run track. So track was a punishment in our house. And, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so I ran so much that I fractured both my tibias in, in both legs, you know, um, wrestling, broke collarbones, separated shoulder, uh, just from really, I think, an unhealthy approach where judo, when I went about that, which is a you know, similar sport, uh, I just had a much healthier attitude, trained much differently, uh, was able to examine my losses and watch the video and not just sit there and, and beat myself up about it where I could actually watch the video and go, all right, you know, all right, the next time I, I, you know, don't go in for that throw. All right, I should have kept him on the ground a little bit longer. And, you know, and getting that proper feedback, it was just a much healthier aspect. So I think when we look at our failures and then see there's an opportunity to do better rather than to just hold us down and see us as this is how I am forever and ever a failure. And it even, you know, translated into business. Um, so I'll give a quick business story. I did, I worked with startups and I was a chief financial officer for startup tech companies. And I raised money for this one company. It was a text-to-speech company early on. We sold the, the, the company to Microsoft and I did real well. And then I took that money and put it into a mobile gaming company in 2000. So this was in 2000, 2001. And we were right ready to, like, we, I raised money August 31st, 2001, ready to, to go big. We had lots of contracts. And then 9-11 happened and everything changed. And I lost everything I had. And, and uh, Alex, I'm sure you can appreciate this, but being poor and then making money and then losing it was horrible. And that really beat me up. And really, I felt like a complete failure. I'm like, I'm cursed, right? How... I struggled and struggled for so long. And you know what that's like. You, know, you struggle and you finally make it and then it gets taken away from you. Um, and so, yeah, I felt like a failure and, and, until a friend of mine said, you know, he told me, he goes, hey, Chris, you're a survivor. I said, you know what? I am. I am a survivor. And I picked myself back up. And what experiences um, that you had from your past, what experiences did you lean on to get you where you're at today? Uh, persistence pays, 
you know, and just being very, very persistent. Um, oh, and just to answer the other question, everything from the book, I did a lot of research. Uh, I grew up also uh, in the Meadowlands and I used to work for the generals and my brother worked for the giants. My dad did business with all the pro teams in there. So I, I had a lot of pro athletes calling the house and I would talk to them. I would talk to the athletes after, but, and even in my research, I spoke with Olympians and not one iota of their stories have made it in my book. I will never, ever use any of the stories that they tell me, any of their suffering. Uh, it's all from my imagination. It's all just, it was more backup to make sure that, okay, great, I'm not exaggerating. And in many cases in the book, when you hear about the, the players' traumas, I am underestimating what a lot of my, some, a lot of these athletes had horrific childhoods. Mm, look at that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with athletes, and, and I mean, not just athletes, but when you look at how you were raised, you know, some of the things, especially like from, I'm, I'm, so I'll be 50 this year, and I was raised a little bit different than how I'm raising my kids mm. today, right? Um, you know, I make sure that I give them hugs. I tell them I love them. Where back in the day, that was that was kind of uh, that wasn't that wasn't said a whole bunch, at least in in our community or in our household. So, um, you know, there's there's some things that that happened to you know to myself and to others that you know it's, it's hard to shake because it just it defined them. And you know, with your book. Um, do you have characters in there that that? Well, I, I don't want to go too you know, too much. I don't want to <laughs> you know go too deep into no, it's it. That's good. Ask it. Um, yeah, go ahead. Ask the question. Uh, you know, yeah. So just seeing if there's there's people in there that having that that trauma mm -hmm. um, that might have happened to them at a younger age. All of them. Um, does it all of all them. of them had childhood traumas? The baseball players are twenty three year old uh, drug addict, recovering drug addict. And his father was an enabler of his drugs. Mom died of a drug overdose. And he pitched his entire rookie season high on amphetamines. Um, because, mm. And his dad initially gave it to him in, in high school to help him shake the nerves. And, you know, so his father was an enabler, wow. you know, and that that happened. And then, uh, then uh, the basketball player, yeah, his father was murdered. He was in, uh, you know, in the Maryland area in Baltimore. And mom brought in a lot of you know, kind of unsavory characters as she was dealing with that and turned to alcohol. And so he was you know, physically abused by some of the mom's boyfriends and, and dealt with his own stuff. Um, the hockey player is from Russia originally, and he had a, a very tragic uh, childhood where his younger brother died in, a, in, in an incident that he blames himself for, which it wasn't, but we still blame ourselves as and uh, he has a lot of rage issues. So, yeah, they all have. And then even, you know, Andrew has his issues. Ted, his father, had his issues. His father was an industrialist and just left him at the country club. And you know, so he was, you know, basically left alone and abandoned. So it, it's everybody, every character, and even the antagonist, you know, Fergus McKenzie, who the, owns this gambling den, he had his traumas. And I won't tell that story because he tells it in the book. And but it's everybody has their trauma, and that's like I always love in the superhero shows. Like when we were kids, when we were watching the cartoons, I always liked the origin story. How did they become 
the Hulk? How did you know? How did they become, uh, you know, Wolverine? All all that. How did they get that way? And those were always yeah. my favorite. So you get everybody's origin story. Every character has an origin story. I love that. What are you hoping that this book can be able to shine a light on? Well, first, I hope they're just entertained. And if I can just give somebody a break from their life for 20 minutes as they you know, read before they go to bed, and they just felt entertained and, and able to relax and lose themselves in the world that I created, that's, that's job one. Uh, job two is I would love to raise awareness towards mental health and sports. And it, it doesn't get, it's just now really starting to get some attention, which is great. You know, really, when I started writing this, it's still, this was before, you know, uh, Naomi Osaka and, and yeah, yep. uh, Simone Biles came out and even uh, Michael Phelps, Weight of Gold. I mean, it's yes. really, really amazing. And you know, a lot of that holds true with a uh, 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 quick thing. So of all the, the medal winners in the Olympics, gold, silver, bronze, who do you think is the happiest usually? Gold, silver, bronze. The happiest? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I ought to, um, uh, you know, I'm going to say silver. It's bronze, but you're close. Um, silver uh, is, well, bronze are usually happiest because two things either happen. Either they weren't expected to medal, and they did. And I'm talking the solo okay. sports, not the team sports, all the solo yes. ones. So they just came out and they had a great Olympics and they medaled. Or they were supposed to do better. They just had a bad Olympics. They had a bronze, but now they have something to work towards them. There's a little bit of disappointment. It's like, all right, I got something to shoot for. I'm going to get back. I'm going to train again. Uh, silver medalists are the next happiest because either same thing, they really did had a great one and just lost in the final, or they're disappointed and now they're pissed and like, well, now I'm really going to go after it because I'm going to get that and I want gold. I was so close and that'll drive them. But what happens with the gold medalists is they're euphoric and then they come back and it's just dissipates and all the fanfare, everything's gone. And all of a sudden they're because everybody's on to the next sport, the next game, the next thing. And they're just like, next what, season, what happened? Yeah. What happened? Where did everyone go? And they they get really um, very depressed. And you know what's crazy? It's not crazy, but, you know, I think about that when you was talking like that happens to a lot of athletes who are in team sports when they're done actually playing, when they retire, there's no more fanfare. There's not nobody, you know, asking for their autograph. You know, they become, uh, you know, irrelevant. Mm. And so it's, it, it's, it's hard for a lot of athletes, the farther up you go, the more the higher up the pedestal goes. And then when you finally step away, if you haven't done the research on yourself and understanding exactly who you are, like it's, it's tough. It is hard to understand what you did was not who you are. It's just what you did. And so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of athletes who, um, and, and I'm really glad that there's a light being shown on the mental health of athletes. And, you know, your book is coming from a different angle, you know, you know, being a, a fictional book, but still there's, there's um, non-fictional pieces to it. Yeah. Well, in fiction, I just use my imagination to 
convey knowledge as opposed to using data and information. So that's nonfiction, right? We use data, we use information, and we tell a story. But fiction, I'm just really using my imagination. But I do think it's very realistic. Um, and other research that I've done, uh, in some cases, it's pretty subdued compared to compared to what some athletes really went through. Um, and especially, yeah, after retirement, I, there were lots of stories in the Meadowlands that we would hear about people having to sell their players, selling their Super Bowl rings for the Giants because, you know, they couldn't make ends meet. And that's that's pretty sad. You know, you you, you get the ultimate accomplishment in, in pro football and you got to pawn it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Man. Happened a lot. Man, so, yeah. So, man, how can... Where can my audience, where can my listeners get your book? They can go to uh, www.chriskjones.com. And at my website, they can even download for your audience. Uh, they just put their email in and they'll, they can get the first seven chapters free. So they can listen to that. Also on the audio book, uh, there's also uh, the first five minutes free is on the site if they like audio. So you can catch okay. my audio book on all the major places, as well as my book in bookstores, as well, you know, on Amazon and and Apple, depending which format they like. So it's in print, it's ebook, it's audio, and and the actor who did the audio book was amazing. I had over sixty different speaking parts, men, women, different countries, and uh, he nailed it. So he was great, PJ Oakland, which was it was it was really cool to hear as the author, you know, this man really bring my characters alive because I know what they sound like in my head. So it was really interesting to hear someone else. And uh, I, I totally, if you like audiobooks, it's fantastic. I really, and I know it's mine, but he just did such a good job. I was so happy with it and very excited. Like I enjoyed it. So that is cool, man. And then I'm starting to find out, like especially like the younger. Um, the younger crowds in their um, uh, late teens, early twenties, like that's how they, that's how they uh, consume information is through uh, audiobooks. So that's great, man. Um, Chris, where can my listeners get more of you? I know you. Thank you for giving out your website. Are you on social yep. media at all? Yep, absolutely. Uh, Facebook is uh, Chris K. Jones, author. Uh, Instagram is headcase uh, underscore novel, Twitter headcase underscore novel, uh, and my email. If you know you're you're definitely open, um, I mean, I'll share. I have a, an email for just you know listeners and fans. It's headcase at chriskjones.com. If they have any questions around mental health and sports and or just anything about the book, happy to entertain your your listeners with that. Uh, that and uh you can find me on linkedin too if that's another way to do it and love it so chris you said so this is book so this is book one of the series oh i love it okay so i'm in that's so cool book two i'm in still working on the first draft uh and we're gonna meet more athletes he's got the bad girl of tennis robbie owen and she gets into all sorts of antics and uh seeing what that's like uh we meet you know, some more characters in, in the second book. So, and, you know, he doesn't, we really don't find out who his, his real enemy is in, the, in this book. And uh, as he still battles his demons throughout the whole one, it's, 
it's pretty interesting um, just to, for me, following, you know, his sort of story and, and his arc and where he's going. Oh, man. So what's, like, in your, do you see this, like, coming to the big screen? <laughs> oh, of course. That'd be great, right? I, I don't know anyone in that area. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I actually wrote it as a, originally as a TV pilot uh a few years ago and then uh then as we you know, got into pandemic it was just nothing was happening and um i wrote an entire season during the you know the first half of the not even from like uh you know as soon as we were locked in so from like march to june june i wrote an entire season and then you know i i, I had a, a rep out trying to see what she could get and just nobody was biting because everybody was just so I said, you know, maybe we should just turn it into a novel. And I turned it into a novel. And uh, so it's very different than what the what it was, but it's better. And could it be? So it's definitely written. And I have always had like a very cinematic, like kind of experience. So uh, people have said that, that they get really drawn into the world that I build. And, and I didn't use like real teams. I made up my own leagues. I made up all my own leagues, my own teams. You know, so all these players are made up. So that was a whole lot of fun, uh, just like kind of mm. making up this whole world. I built stadiums that don't exist. You know, I put one in Queens. I put on the west side. I put another one. Uh, so that was kind of fun, you know, and uh, just cool. and I had the team's designs and their colors and everything. So, yeah, that was a good time. You can just catch that on the website, too. You can meet the characters and read. If you go to the meet characters section on on the chriskjones.com website, you can read about all the different characters and and I even had an artist like create like a picture of them in their uniforms. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, was... I can't do. I cannot wait to get a hold of it and <laughs> and dive into it, man. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Shark Effect, Chris, um, and and leaving your information, um, folks. Make sure you grab this book. It sounds so cool with the with the different characters um, that are in it and the different stories and how we can all like understand like how important mental health is so once again thank you a ton chris appreciate you buddy thank you alex it was great being here great questions and uh i look forward to continuing working together yo what's up so check this out if you like today's episode I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to subscribe to the show. And I want you to give it a rating. Five stars are dope. We love those. And then give it a review. And so I'm saying this not for selfish reasons, but it's to help us all out. The more ratings that we get and, and the more reviews that we get, the bigger, more impactful guests that I can get on the show. And so, you know, it's a win-win for everyone. But it starts with you giving a review, rating it, and sharing it. All right? So if you can do that, we can all have a greater or make a better, greater impact. All right? So until next time, keep aligning, assigning, and adjusting to the person that you want to become. All right. So if you got some value from today's episode and you're looking for the next step, well, here it is. I want you to su subscribe to our Facebook group. It's called the Shark Effect Group. And when you get in, 
you'll be linked up with some other former elite level athletes. And they'll be there sharing some actionable steps and advice to get you to where you want to go. Because they are there. They are where you want to go. Uh, they're fighting to get further. And so you can get some, some value from just joining a group. And it's free. So you don't have to worry about anything like that, about paying. But I suggest, if you're looking for the next steps to get to where you want to go and have a life of impact and purpose, because you are set apart. Former elite level athletes, you are different. And you need to be able to learn how to use your influence to benefit you. So I want you to go over to the Facebook group and join it and join it today. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tr to transition. What, whether you was an athlete, or an executive, or a successful entrepreneur, or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down, I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you gotta understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.